evening, we invite everyone downstairs again for fellowship after after the service. And uh, remember the mission envelopes are the, at the ends of your pews. This is our way to support Father David for the wonderful mission that we are experiencing. And those donations can be left at the back of the church in the basket. Yesterday I began to talk about the Great Fest and I said that one of the important things of the Great Fast, indeed, is that we face our mortality, that we face the reality of death, and that we find that in our Lord Jesus Christ, we find the gift of life. This is especially true in the first part of the Great Fast, when in the evening services we tell the story of Adam and Eve, and the story of Noah, both of whom had to face the real brutal reality of death. But there is more to that, of course, as we know the great fast ends with the death of our Lord on the cross. And it is the death of our Lord on the cross that becomes for us the doorway to life. So today I'd like to pause and look forward a little bit because this coming Sunday, is the third Sunday of the Great Fast. And would you believe it? That means we are halfway through. Because this is the middle of the fast. And in the middle of the fast, we celebrate what exactly is the meaning of the fast, and that is the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you venerate his cross. I'd like to read the Gospel for this coming Sunday, which is about the cross. It doesn't tell the story of our Lord's crucifixion, but it tells us the story of what our Lord said about his cross. Jesus summoned a crowd of his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will find it. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? What could one give in exchange for his life? Whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this faithless and sinful generation, the Son of Man, will be ashamed when he comes in his Father's glory with his holy angels. The epistle to the Hebrews that is also read in this Sunday tells us that Jesus is our high priest. We have priests that serve us in our community. We kind of look upon priests as a necessary part of the church. Hopefully we love and respect our priests, but we see them as a necessary part of our church. And what the priest does on Sunday is he leads us in prayer, he leads us in making our sacrifice to our Lord Jesus Christ. He makes us all into a holy priesthood that lives in God, who offer themselves to God, 
we're willing to die for christ and for each other and this is possible only in the grace of christ so you read these words of christ that were said some two thousand years ago can we imagine what it meant to the people of that time who heard our lord directly they followed our lord when we read the gospel they followed him when he went to the desert they followed him when he went to the mountain he followed him when he preached in the plains they hear his word and they receive from him healing of soul and body to hear him they had to go physically and physically go out to meet him there is no other way that our lord had to proclaim his message there was no radio there was no television there was no internet there were no microphones or loudspeakers they had to go to be in the presence of our lord to hear him and today we still hear his word in the voice of the deacon or priest reading the gospel and we have just heard now the same words that he spoke to the people 2,000 years ago, but which are alive for us here and now in this day. People went out to the Lord because certainly they expected blessings from him. They expected to be healed. He was a healer. They expected to find life. They expected that he would restore the glory of his people. Yet today, when we hear these words, these words are not expected. They are words that chill us and challenge us. Our Lord says, whoever wishes to come after me, to come to him, must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Jesus predicted that he would die on the cross. And in actuality, his followers were loath to accept that. They thought it was not fitting a good man, the Messiah himself, should die such a shameful death. So St. Peter said to Jesus, God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. But we read in the gospel, Jesus turned to Peter, and what did he say? Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are not thinking as God does, but as human beings do. The cross indeed was Jesus' glory, as St. John proclaims. It was necessary for the salvation of the world. It is necessary for our salvation. But we can ask sincerely. The people came, and our Lord said, take up your cross daily. What does this really mean for us? 
The cross is suffered by our Lord was a one-time event. He was crucified once, but he saved us for all time, as the Epistle to the Hebrews tells us that we read during this great fast. He entered once and for all into the sanctuary, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. Yet our Lord said, take up your cross daily. He's not saying then that we must suffer physical crucifixion. What is he saying? What does he mean? Perhaps he was referring to the prophecy of Ezekiel. Our Holy Father Tertullian referred to the prophecy of Ezekiel. And he said, Ezekiel said, the Lord said to me, go through the gate through the midst of Jerusalem has set the mark Tau upon the foreheads of the men. Tau. This is the Greek letter Tau. In our own letter, it is in the form of a cross. So he predicted this would be the sign in our foreheads in the true Jerusalem. The towel looked like a cross. And it was the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So that the cross might be said to be the end of all. And it might be said then that what Jesus meant is that we must follow Jesus until the very end, the very last day of our lives. purpose of Lent, of the great fast, indeed, is to renew our baptismal faith. In baptism, we renounce the works of Satan, of the evil one. We renounce all sin. We commit ourselves completely to Christ, who is the beginning and the end of everything. And baptism is our sharing in the death and resurrection of Christ, as St. Paul taught us and what we read on Holy Saturday at the end of the great fast. St. Paul tells us, are you unaware then that we who are baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were indeed buried with him through baptism into death. So just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. So the cross means that we must die to our selfishness in Christ. To carry our cross means to become like Jesus in every way. It means to see the image of Christ in our neighbor. It means to love others, even to the point of death. Can we do this? Can we do this? We can, but only through the grace and the strength of God. And if we can do this, we will not find death as our Lord promises. What's the promise he made in this gospel? Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. 
considered paradise that was lost to Adam. The epistle to the Hebrews that is read on this on this same Sunday, this coming Sunday, listen carefully, is also from Hebrews, and it tells to us that Jesus was a priest. I quote the letter from the Hebrews. He says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Our confession is the confession we made at baptism to renounce evil and to follow Christ. Jesus is a high priest. He says, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, the epistle tells us, but one who is like us, been tested in every way, yet without sin, because that's the difference. Christ did not sin. We in our weakness sin. So we confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy, to find grace for timely help. Every high priest is taken from among men and made the representative before God to offer gifts and sacrifices for his sins. He is able to deal patiently with the ignorant and the erring, for he himself is beset by weakness, and so for this reason must make sin offerings for himself as well as for the people. This is the mystery of the cross. Jesus took upon himself the penalty of death, the penalty for sin, even though he had committed no sin. The epistle continues, no one takes this honor upon himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. In the same way, it was not Christ who glorified himself in becoming high priest, rather the one, the Father, who said to him, You are my son, this day I have begotten you. We come to church. We have our priest. What do we want from the church? We need a priest. We need a place to worship. We need a place to call our spiritual home. The epistle today talks about the priesthood, but I might ask, why? Why is a priest so important? There is, first of all, a legal reason. When we celebrate the divine liturgy, which is the presence of God in the body and blood of his Son, it must be celebrated by a priest. This is the law. That's the legal reason. And there's a reason for this, is because this is such an awesome act of a human being that only someone who has received the grace of the Holy Spirit in a special way to empower him from this service can accomplish this mystery, which is beyond human power. Like the epistle tells us, no one takes this honor upon himself, and in the liturgy, it is God who is acting. We don't hear it, but the very first thing that the deacon says to the priest when he celebrates with the priest is, 
he says it is time for the lord to act the epistle tells us that every high priest is taken from among human beings he is beset by weakness and for this reason must make sin offerings for himself as well as for the people we are all human we all have our weaknesses but the important thing is what priests do for the community we stand before God and the people we offer sacrifices for our sins and for those of the people and this sacrifice is accomplished even if by chance the priest himself happens to be unworthy so when the priest prays the liturgy of Saint Basil he recognizes his unworthiness the priest says you have allowed us sinners and unworthy servants to minister at your holy altar not because of our righteousness we have done nothing good on earth because of your mercy and compassion so richly poured out upon us I want to make one last very important point in the gospel of Christ in the New Testament no individual person is ever called a priest except Jesus himself Jesus is really the only priest Jesus is the Son of God and as a priest he is chosen among men because he became a human being in the womb of Mary so he is completely without sin he took upon himself the consequences of our sin and endured our weakness on the cross so Jesus himself is the only high priest the only one who unites God and us mortal people the only one who cleanses us from sin by his sacrifice on the cross he alone is eternal like Melchizedek without beginning or end St. Paul writes to the Apostle Timothy St. Paul says for there is one God there is one mediator between God and the human race Christ himself himself human who gave himself as a ransom for all but yet though Christ is the only priest and that's an important point we share we all share in his priestly service St. John Chrysostom said of the human priest on earth priest stands in the place of Christ and he calls upon the Holy Spirit to make the offering our offering the body and blood of Christ who is the one union between God and us what does the priest actually do he does nothing for himself but he acts only to bring all of us into union with God and this the priest does by making us all 
partakers and sharers in the priesthood of Christ. The priest prays. He was the one wearing the, wearing the microphone, which Jesus did not have. But the priest is the one who says the prayers. But these prayers are all our prayers. Why is that? Because when the priest prays, the most important word we say is, Amen. Let it be so. And when we say Amen, all of us, we too, become priests in unity with Jesus. St. Peter wrote to the people, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own, so that you may announce the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And later St. Peter says, let yourselves be built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This is what we do when we come to divine liturgy and pray together with our ordained fathers, our priests. But what does it mean, and this is the most important thing of all, because our Lord tells us today in the gospel that I just read, you must take up your cross daily and follow me. What it means is for us, indeed, to be a priestly people, we too, like Jesus, offer ourselves to God, and we too, like Jesus, love one another to the point of giving up our life for each other. This is the gift we have received. This is the gift of the great fast as we see because the cross is on the holy table in the middle of the great fast. And it is this that will form us into a living community, will form us into a real church. Glory to Jesus Christ. Slava Jesus Christ. Amen.